The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This, this is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Street champ! Your hosts, Isaiah Stanback, Nick Harris, Josh Rodriguez, and Kyle Yeomans. But it was a historic win for a couple of reasons as the Dallas Cowboys absolutely dismantle the Carolina Panthers. 33 to 10, the final score from Charlotte, North Carolina, as the Cowboys go to Bank of America Stadium and they cash in with a win. Welcome in to Talking Cowboys, presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company. We have Isaiah Stanback, we have Nick Harris. Chris Beam in the back. I'm Kyle Yeomans. Gentlemen, how are we doing today on this Victory Monday? Doing Hot fire, Harris. Hot fire, right. Harris. Right. You know what's funny? We were coming into the hotel in uh, in Charlotte. We had just arrived. It was probably like 6, 6.30 p.m. We were coming down on the first floor. And like the first floor is where all the elevators are. Mm-hmm. And the second floor is where the lobby is. So there were a ton of fans that were kind of roped off like on the lobby looking down on like the players and all of us that were coming in. And uh, I was coming in, and I had just happened to take my AirPods out because I needed to, like, get my room key or something. And I hear from all the way up top, hey, Nick, how's your mouth feeling? And I was like, oh, yes. I don't know who said that, but doing good. Appreciate yes. it. So. I love it. <laughs> it That's was, awesome. Yeah, it was funny. But, uh, Dude, that is unbelievable. I love that. That is pretty funny. That's dope. I showed uh, – I went up to Tulsa. State. Yeah. 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 I went up to Tulsa, uh, called the North Texas-Tulsa game this past weekend, and while I was on the bus, I made sure and showed as many people as I possibly could the (laughs) clips that were happening from earlier that day because we traveled up Friday, so the same day, same morning. And I had throughout the weekend had people coming up, and they were like, hey, how's Nick doing? How's Nick feeling? Is he okay? Is he good? I was like, I I keep checking in on him. I'm making sure he feels okay. You have fans everywhere. Yeah. Okay, I walked in the building this morning. Okay, security's like, man, I watched that, man. He's a beast, man. He pushed through <laughs> I got people at my gym. They're all talking about you. So you have a whole new fan base. Uh, uh, I don't know if that's a good or bad thing. <laughs> so uh, take everybody through what happened after the, the mics went off. Was it was it good? Uh, it wasn't bad. It okay, really good. wasn't bad. Good. Yeah. I probably had like one little hiccup around like 2.30, 3 o'clock. Yep. Thanks for the baby wipes. Hey. Appreciate that, Isaiah. They came in clutch. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, the gentles. Yeah, the gentles. Oh, the flushable man. gentles. <laughs> oh, crazy. Crazy, crazy. All right. Let's talk about this football game. Cowboys win 33-10. to 10. And uh, one of our early text messages here comes from Terry in Fayetteville, North Carolina. He said, can y'all talk about the Cowboys fan takeover of the stadium yesterday? He was there. He said at least 70-30 Cowboys. And that's what Nick Eatman was thinking was possible on our pregame show. I asked him a similar question. I was like, this seems different. I mean, y'all were driving into the stadium. There were Cowboys fans, yeah, Cowboys was, logos yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Uh, you couldn't get away from the star in Charlotte. Yeah, it honestly surprised me. By the way, shout out Fayetteville, North Carolina. I hey. love that place. Um, yeah, it honestly surprised me. I figured it would be a Cowboys crowd, but um, yeah, I didn't expect it to be as as, as bad as it was. And then, uh, you know, in the fourth quarter, it, everyone kind of left. So the the stadium, I think there was like an aerial shot with like, gosh, I don't know, 
four or five minutes left whenever they were coming out of a break uh-huh. and uh, it was just empty in, in Bank of America Stadium but um, I, I really enjoyed that stadium there's nothing special to it but it's just like a, a Patrick Walker was talking about it. it's just a nice ballpark basically yeah. you know um, but yeah Cowboys fans they came out in full force uh, we saw them driving in and uh, you would have thought it was you would have thought it was in Arlington for sure yeah shout out to uh, and even Steve Williams it says here in Charlotte North Carolina was at the game yesterday it was a home game for sure uh, let's let's talk about what the Cowboys did well, and they started defensively. That's what set the tone. I mean, you talk about Micah Parsons with the pressures early, third down sacks, three of them in the first half when, when Carolina maybe had a, an ounce of hope. That went away very quickly in what they were able to take away defensively, Isaiah. I, I mean, it was back to the pass rush of old where teams want to throw the football. They probably shouldn't throw the football. <laughs> yeah, no, you probably shouldn't throw the football. Actually, they were running the ball relatively well, I thought. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure why they abandoned that game plan. They were within 10 points, but they did, and that's their fault. Um, and once they decided to drop back, this defensive line did what they do best, and that is pin their ear back, pin ears back, and go get the quarterback. Uh, they were. He was under duress the entire day. I mean, he's had a rough year, Bryce Young, that is, and it didn't get any better this past weekend. Um, obviously, Mike Lill went off. Okay, he should have. I think he had finished with two and a half sacks. I think Curse messed up his third sack by putting his fingertip on him yeah. and getting that half sack. Um, but I think there were six different uh, guys with sacks, if I'm correct, somewhere around there. And there were, I don't even know how many pressures. I mean, it was out of the out of the wazoo, but yeah. it was a party in the backfield. That's uh, kind of what you expected if they were in that passing situation. Um, but there are definitely some things that have to get tightened up in terms of that run still. You know, every time we think that the running game is sured up, you know, somebody who's determined to do so comes and kind of shows that you still have a little couple weak spots there. And definitely with the opponents that you will have to face, you might want to tighten that down. Yeah, I think the fourth quarter made this a lot more digestible than it was looking to be mm-hmm. going yeah. into going into the fourth because you're going into that final frame at 17-10. Um, they just cut it to a one-possession ball game. You know, the offense has kind of stalled out a couple times. The run defense looks bad. Um, and, and then they're able to drive down the field, get the Tony Pollard touchdown, which was huge, and then turn around right back and get the Deron Bland pick six. And then that was the ball game. DBZ. That was the ball game. But, yeah, I, I think without even one of those two things, things get a little dicey at times mm. um what about the extended drives i mean yeah so the, that 17 play 70 yard drive and nine minutes that cut it to one possession like that was that was that was bad it was three yeah. fourth down conversions um there was a there was a lot going on on that drive as well within the running game they had five receptions to adam thielen on that drive where he was going into that drive i think with only two or three mm. so uh, he really turned it on in that moment but um yeah credit to the defense they came back out and, and started pouncing on the ball and Duran bland able to get the pick six and then um the uh i I still haven't seen the replay on the on the fumble was it not jarred loose by the hit because they didn't credit a forced fumble to anybody where at this was the the drive after the deron bland pick six on the third down where bryce young was like escaping the pocket and came up and then fumbled the ball and then uh marquise bell fell on it Oh, yeah, I don't think they credited a fumble. Gotcha. Yeah, well, I don't know what regardless, it was. Regardless, yeah. just to be in, in, there on Bryce that moment. Young faked it. He faked it out of his hand. Ah, okay. So yeah. he, he was running, and he tried. He was he was acting like he was throwing it like back, like he was going to lateral someone, mm-hmm. and he faked it, and then when he brought it back, he lost it. Yeah, because at least in the stat column, it says here he lost the fumble. It doesn't say that anybody forced it. Gotcha. It's yeah, like a Jameis Winston. And Rose Wilson Bowl recovered situation. it. Yeah, very, very much so. <laughs> 
but um but yeah that the, the fourth quarter it, it made this a lot more digestible than it was looking going into the fourth um didn't love what i saw from the offense overall yesterday I, you can tell that they're trying to be creative in the run game you can tell and i'm glad i'm happy because we were calling for that earlier in the year and every single week we see a different wrinkle being thrown into the run game this week it was wildcat like okay and that didn't work out well um but they're getting more creative um the offensive line is getting more of a chemistry up front uh, i think that's starting to pave some lanes for tony pollard um i, I think that's going to be the biggest catalyst in towards this running game getting figured out um so i was wrong it, it wasn't really creativity in the run game it's just about this offensive line getting better what do you think about the offense what you see from saturday uh, from sunday goodness it was, sorry man it was a long weekend yeah it was a long um, weekend. it's kind of what i expected i mean we talked about the carolina defense you know going into this game and how they didn't have anything that necessarily scared you but they had a bend but don't break type of defense uh, we knew that Dak wasn't going to like the scoreboard we knew that our receivers weren't going to go crazy but there was an opportunity to get the running game going now, the running game did not get going the way that you would have liked to hope um, but you know it was it was enough it was enough I mean I don't I don't really know what my expectation was it was definitely wasn't high it was nowhere near where it was in some of the other opponents that we've had um, I think they were effective my biggest thing is just don't turn it over they didn't do that and that's a win Anytime they, you know, the Cowboys can step on the field and not turn the ball over, Dak, you know, facing one of his, um, I don't want to say arch nemesis, you know, but like one of his areas that he has to address, which is zone defenses. Okay, he was able to overcome that without having any major mistakes. That to me was was a win for this entire team. I want to elaborate that on a a little bit because we did get some text and some tweets over the weekend about that statement Mm -hmm. about zone defenses. It's Dak uh, traditionally is rated very high, graded very high against zone defenses. But what you're alluding to is whenever the decision making results in turnovers. Correct. Yeah. It's not not he was 21 of 30 passing for a good percentage. No, four of his six turnovers, four of his six interceptions this year have come against zone coverage. And it's been like that in the past as well. Yeah, that's that's yeah. There's a history of that. I mean, understand this, people. I mean, we, I know when I make a statement, people can go back and say, "Oh, well, you know, he throws against zone all the time." Yeah, absolutely. There's two different uh, defenses. There's man and there's zone. So there's a, there's, a, there's a lot more zones than there are man defenses in the league. So I'm not saying that he he's you know not capable of throwing the ball effectively versus zone, but that's where he struggles, right? Because people are able to sneak in guys or there's guys that he doesn't see or people are able to run trap defenses and things of that nature so that's the area that he has to continue to improve upon uh, fully capable of doing so obviously like you saw yesterday um, but you know he was able to to overcome that hurdle and I think that's major it's not something that people are going to talk about but that's something that I looked at and I was looking forward to and he did a good job with it and I think there was a couple opportunities for him to force some balls actually he did force a couple um, that literally just lucked out, um, but that kind of you know that people won't really look at. But those are things that he has to look at and be like, no, don't go back that way. Yeah. Like, like keep making good decisions. Nine seven zero, really good question here. Do you think the run game was affected by play calling? Pollard was running in terms of yards per carry pretty well throughout the day. I mean, that defensive line was pro- was doing a pretty good number. Um, I mean, he was. He was toting the rock. Yeah, he was toting the rock. 12 I mean, for 61, that's 5.1 yards per carry. No, for sure. I mean, uh, he, he had, had the touchdown. Yeah, he had a couple splashes. I mean, but I mean, well, he had 12 touches out the backfield, and I think he had another five in catches, mm-hmm. uh, if I remember correctly. So I think that they're going to continue to try to find ways to get creative. They did have some two big nasties on the inside that played better than I expected. Um, I don't remember. Derek Brown yeah, was, yeah. Yeah. he was, yeah, he was a terror yesterday. Yeah. So, I mean, that caused some issues. I've got my film notes that I'll tweet out here in a little bit. And that's one of them. It's yeah. 
Zach Martin had some struggles at times against Derrick Brown, which was a little shocking to me. The uh, the twenty one yard touchdown really saved face I, I, for yep. Tony Pollard's average. Um, his first three carries went for thirty four yards. His next eight carries went for six yards. Okay, and then he had the twenty one yard touchdown. What do you feel like plays into that? Um, what plays into the the, the bad average the drop off? The I drop mean, off. The, the fact I, that it goes from very high to yeah. very low. Um, well, you had a couple of plays where uh, the, the the wildcat kind of forced <laughs> forced him back a little bit. And then, Can we uh, throw that out of the playbook? <laughs> I think it will I think, be. I don't, you think, I don't it's think done? you need to ask for yeah, that. Okay. I think I'm it will be. Sure. <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> uh, it, it, more so just not finding any holes up front and yeah. trying to run downhill. Um, I, I can't really think off the top of my head. Again, I haven't gone back on film yet, but I can't think off the top of my head where he was allowed to get out in space on a consistent basis. I remember there being one play where they had they had, had uh, Lipke kind of in an eye formation, and, and Lipke came around to the uh, left side and uh, was blocking out in space for him. And I liked the way it looked. It was just there was a corner that had gotten got a, a really good uh, mm-hmm. angle on Pollard and got his legs, uh, but they never tried that again. So it was like, okay. Um, but yeah, overall, I think that twenty-one yard touchdown really saved face for Pollard and, and made his final day look look better than it was. And I hate to say that because it's not like he had a bad day. It's just it, this is the same day we've been seeing all season for Pollard. Do you think he's getting enough touches? Um, I I honestly um, I don't want him to get a lot of touches. Like that's that's I, I've never been that guy with okay. Pollard. I would I like this distribution where Pollard has twelve, Dowdle has eight, which you know a couple of those probably came after Cooper Rush came in. How many does Lipke need? <laughs> Forty five. <laughs> um, but uh, I I like the distribution there. I just I, I want to see those guys get put in better situations. In yeah. my opinion, Pollard's not a downhill guy, and and I. I'm, I know we've seen even last year and at times this year and on the touchdown run where he's able to just kind of like squeeze between the tackles and weave around and get around guys. And I love seeing that from Pollard, but you're not going to get that on every play. You know, he's he's best outside and and trying to find, you know, um, trying to find some action out in space. And I don't know. We just don't see that utilized enough, uh, uh, enough as I would like to see. He had 12 carries. Four receptions on five targets. So, I mean, targeted at least as the primary ball carrier on 17 of his 45 snaps. He came in averaging 18 and a half touches per game, but so that's he's, about he's right seemingly it. touching the ball out the back, but running wise about 12 times per game. That seems to be like their number mm-hmm. that they're capping him at. It's like, oh, he got 12? All right, Rico, get in there. <laughs> you know, so I'm not sure of that strategy or they're just kind of falling into that, but I don't think that he's going to find his groove the way that people want him to only toting the rock 12 times. I just don't foresee it. Yeah. With that being said, the offense, I, I think it does leave much to be desired, and we'll talk about it a little bit as we go along. It wasn't the high-flying offense where the box score looks incredible and there's 640 yards like we've seen in some of the previous weeks, uh, but it's still something that I think there were positives to take out of it, and we'll talk about that later in the week uh, whenever we look ahead to the, the Thursday matchup with the Commanders. But I want to talk about this defense when we come back. Should Deron Bland be in the player of the year conversation? I think so. Let's talk about it right after the break on Talking Cowboys. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Black Rifle Coffee Company serves premium coffee to people who love America. 
When you drink Black Rifle Coffee, you are directly supporting veterans, law enforcement, and first responders in your community. Black Rifle's expert roasters love coffee almost as much as Texas loves football, so it makes sense that America's Coffee partnered with America's team. Go online at BlackRifleCoffee.com and fuel up with the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys. That's BlackRifleCoffee.com to fuel up today. Cowboys fans, after that move, we've just coined the term Rowdy Replay. Let's roll back the tape. Okay, there's our mascot, Rowdy, cheering on the boys. And now he's on his phone, on his Bank of America mobile banking app? Staying on top of his finances with his virtual financial assistant, Erica. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive. Cowboys fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at BankofAmerica.com slash can't stop banking. Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app only available on select mobile devices message and data rates may apply member fdic welcome back into dear doctor the show where i answer life's questions with an ice cold can of dr pepper sheila let's hear from my next caller would you dear doctor my friend supported me during a tough time but what's the right gift that says thanks for being a shoulder to cry on okay this one's easy i say give her a delicious dr pepper nothing says thanks girl better than a -a one-of-a-kind soda Yes, any Dr. Pepper flavor will do. Now, just a reminder that I don't need to be a real doctor to know that Dr. Pepper is the one you deserve. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Back to Talking Cowboys. Back here on Talking Cowboys, presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company. This segment of the show is brought to you by Quaker Oats, a super trusted superfood. Quaker Oats, the official oatmeal sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys. Isaiah, did you get them in? Doggone right, I did. Got them in. Beginning of the week, baby. Got them in. Yeah, see, everybody has to get, make sure that they eat healthy the first part of this week because yeah. it's going to get bad on the second half of the week. Thursday through Sunday, your diet is screwed. Yeah. I am both looking forward to and not looking forward to Isaiah's smoked mac and cheese mm. on Thursday. I need Y'all tell me where to find noodles at. I went mm. to go buy noodles after, after doing a post-game show yesterday. They're gone. Oh, noodles no. are gone, man. Wow. Oh, no. Already? I got my cheese, Jeez. but the noodles are gone. Dang it. Jeez. It's okay. I'm going to find it. You're going to find it. I have three right. Thanksgivings this week. I'm going to be like 400 pounds when I come in next Monday. That's okay. I know a guy. Any hot sauce? <laughs> <laughs> oh, of course. A little bit of hot sauce? Of course. Oh, you got to put some of the seasoning on there. Let Maybe. You know Maybe. A uh, couple more. More celebration text messages for you on this text line. Steven from the 302 says, how was the flight for Nick? Friday's show was comedy. <laughs> comedy, Whipped cream forever, baby. <laughs> yeah, I got up a couple times. Okay, good. Yeah. good. Would you uh, ever sneak somebody with hot sauce? Would you ever like put like underneath some like food? drug them? Not drug them. I mean, <laughs> with hot sauce. Yeah, but you know, like that's that's lift their food up. That's lift... a salt in some places. Yeah, is that is what, are you, what are you telling me right now? I don't know. I'm not going to answer that. Trying to give you some ideas. <laughs> uh, the 309 says, shout out to Nick. That wasn't hot sauce. It's a pepper extract. Other places have done challenges with similar items, and the contestants had to sign a waiver before eating a drop of a toothpick. That's yeah. Ian from Illinois. Yeah, but yeah. Nick, Nick Harris is a beast. Beast. Built for this. Hot fire Harris, baby. Yeah, hot fire. Built Either that or Cool Whip Harris. And one of the two. It's yeah, one, the, of- <laughs> one of the polar opposites. Uh, let's talk about Deron Bland. Speaking of hot fire. Deron Bland's been on fire all day long. He's been all season. Unbelievable. Yeah. All and last season. year. And last year. 
His whole career. Is what he's doing right now, of course, if if you've been under uh, a rock. Cowboys rock for the last 24 hours, he had his fourth pick six, his sixth interception of the year. And, of course, that's 11 for his one and two years in the league. That's it. That's actually – so how many games has Deron Bland? 27. That was his 27th game, and he has 11 picks. That's pretty incredible. And four of them this year have gone back for six, which ties an NFL single-season record. So with that being said, should he be in the Defensive Player of the Year conversation? Yes, absolutely. absolutely. He's got to be, right? I put it in five takes yesterday. I was like, he's an all-pro, and he deserves to at least have his name in the conversation for Defensive Player of the Year. Facts. I'm not necessarily saying he should win it, but I'm saying his name should start being brought up because when you have six interceptions, four returned for touchdowns, he's he's tied or – um, better or tied or more touchdowns than guys like Travis Kelsey, DK Metcalf, Devontae Adams, uh, Tony Pollard. I mean, we could we could throw out a ton of names in the NFL. He's got more or the same touchdowns as them as a as a as a DB. Yeah, Is he the best cornerback in football right now, based off of stats and play. Uh, yeah, that's hard. No. That's a hard lowest question. lowest completion no. percentage against. I, I most interceptions. I understand what you're saying. Lowest, here lowest quarterback rating, I believe, is the stat. I think it's completion percentage. I'm, pretty, so? sure. I'm pretty sure of it. Yeah. Regardless, it's either way. Two. And, yeah, it's and really there's good. a lot of guys that have stacked years like this. Before. I understand. I'm saying this year. That's what I said. Uh, this this year, year specifically. Yes. Yeah. Then it's a this year. I think it's hard maybe. to go against it. Yeah, I, I, I think it's with four pick sixes, and then he's got two more on top of that. And you think about when he when he did it. Some of them were in garbage time. I think two of them were in garbage time. But the other two were in crucial moments, including this one where yeah. you needed a stop and you had to get one. And not only was it a stop, but it was a score. Yeah, I think there's there's a lot to go with here too. And I'm going to give credit here to Travis Roster. He's a he's a fan of the show on Twitter. Uh, he tweeted this out and he tagged us on here. Uh, 2019, Stephon Gilmore, Defensive Player of the Year stats. Of course, Stephon Gilmore now with the Cowboys. He had 49 tackles, 20 PBUs, six interceptions, and two touchdowns. De'Ron Bland, through 10 games, has 38 tackles, 12 PBUs, six interceptions, and four touchdowns. Yeah. So he has more touchdowns, the same interceptions. He's behind in the PBU category by eight, but he's catching it. Seven games to play. (laughs) And then he has uh, he's minus eleven tackles at the moment. How dare you be low on PBUs and up on interceptions? How dare you? But that's, but that's the point. Is that Are was PBUs a defensive... more important than interceptions? Oh lord, here you go. that was a defensive player of the year. And if I'm not mistaken, that was the last time a yeah corner had won defensive player of the year. Yep. So it's a pass rush award. It feels like recently. Sure. Um, and it's not like there's any guy out there that's blowing people away with sack numbers at the moment. I mean, yeah, there's there's guys that are at the top of the list that are already in the double digits. Michael Parsons being one of them. But um, yeah, I, I think again, again, I just feel like a conversation needs to be had with the the higher ups of the people who make these kinds of decisions. If and, you just look at this year, that's the thing. Yeah. That's that's my problem with a lot of voting. A lot of voting, people look at previous years. How long have they been doing it? Yeah. Are they consistent? Uh-uh. Put your blinders on. What is going on this year? Yeah. This year, this dude is a freaking terror for any quarterback. Yeah. Especially considering the role that he had to step in and play. It's not like he had the whole training yes. camp to focus on being a boundary corner. And, you know, 
That's, hey, thinking that's ba- so Thinking true. back to training camp, I couldn't – I mean, he lined up on the boundary and, and team settings, but it's not like he was out there going against the ones every day, you know, no. like Trayvon Diggs, obviously. So, man, it's really impressive. And he's he's such a good dude. Yep. He's he's a great dude. Um, we were able to talk to him in the locker room afterward, and he's just so giggly and, and you know, uh, got a got a great spirit about him. Uh, he, we asked him, we were like, hey, did you, were you thinking about the record at any point? He's like, as soon as I crossed the end zone, I was thinking about the record. <laughs> and he was like, uh, now i got to go break it. And I was like, okay, cool. So, uh, nah, really. Really good dude, and I'm, I'm happy for him. I think he breaks it. Yeah, I mean, he's got... He's got seven games. Seven games. Finishes with eight interceptions on the year. How many pick sixes? Six? Mm-hmm. He keeps him at five. Five? Five. So he, not, he gets one more? One oh, more. darn. He only had five pick sixes <sighs> this year. How dare he? It would be Golly. awesome if it's a situation like when Trayvon had the pick six in New England a few years back, and that's mm-hmm. how Deron Bland... It's going to be against Hurts. Oh. Ooh. I'm calling it right now. Look, Mark this date. Clip it, Beamer. Dude, if, if that happens... Look, Happening against Hurts. AT&T Stadium. At AT&T Stadium. It's going to go crazy. Yeah. They may have to, like, restructure the, the foundation yeah. Yeah. after that. It's going to happen. Would, yeah. That would be wild. Compared to Deron Bland, who's been the second best on this Cowboys defense this year? <laughs> Just based I off mean, Michael of, Parsons. Yeah. It's got to be Micah, right? Yeah, absolutely. Micah Parsons. Do you like what he, what he showed in a rebound effort? It's kind of sad saying it was a rebound effort, but it was. He had two yeah. and a half sacks, tied a career high. Yeah, did you guys see the whole pregame scoop powder thing? No. Okay, so uh, he was thrown up in the first quarter, and oh. Aaron Andrews was reporting on the sideline that, hey, he's he's battling some sickness. Mm-hmm. And then the Cowboys, they, they come out, and they're saying, nah, he's not sick. He just had something to deal with in the first quarter. But he's good now, and he, he's gotten two and a half sacks. So, like, everyone's like, okay, whatever, you know. Um, and so after the game, we asked him, we're like, hey, like, you all right? You know, what's going on? He's like, man, had some teammates that came up to me before we ran out onto the field. I was like, hey, try this uh, C4 uh, powder, oh. uh, pre-workout powder. I did see this report. he was like, oh, okay, I'll do it. So he takes a whole scoop dry right he watches it down with some water he's, he goes man this stuff is really strong and uh he gets out on the field he's like by the fifth play my heart is beating out of my chest like it's mm. it, I, it feels like i'm about to explode he's like it's, it's like i got co2 bottled up inside of me so he had to run off he violently vomits on the sideline all that protein powder out he does it twice and he comes back on the field and gets two sacks in the first quarter <laughs> so we ask him we're like okay so would you do it again if it means you get three sacks and he was like no absolutely not i'm sticking to my routine <laughs> uh he did joke later on he was like maybe half a scoop but uh yeah it was really funny but um it, it was a really good bounce back effort from him i say he's a big pre-workout guy. pre-workout i'm not a big pre-workout i know you're guy. not yeah that <laughs> stuff is horrible at for you all. It's that stuff bad. is so bad for we you. had so there, i'm not gonna say name brands because we're not sponsored here but uh there is uh i had teammates mark colombo Mark Colombo used to have it That's was on brand. He had his Colombo, I'd never forget. He used to drink this stuff, okay? And it was much stronger than what Michael Parsons just partake partook in. Okay. Listen, this stuff he would drink half half a bottle before the game and half a bottle at halftime. And it would Gross. have you jacked up. I'm talking about instantaneous, <clears throat> like you think you have two hearts. Mm. See, when I do that type of stuff, like w- whether it be like a pre-workout or if I just drink like a coffee that's too big. Honestly, we went to Black Rifle that day. That coffee's a little too big for me the whole day. I was just wired. Yeah. I can't even think right. Yeah. Like I'm like, if I'm up trying to do like, you know, pass protection sets while my mind's just, it, yeah. it would be a bad. I got banned bad from for me. drinking C4. Or, you know, those, banned? I got banned. <laughs> What'd you do? Yeah. I went on air. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, is, is that our next bet? Do yeah. I have yeah. <laughs> Do it an hour before the show. No, I, I would never let you do it. that. No, I'm, I'm, do, I'm not doing it. You do it a thousand it. times before I let you do that yeah, even once. I'm not doing that. Uh, where does Bland play next year? Good question from Ron in Concord, California. No, I'm joking. 
even if he isn't the original starter on the outside, should he stay on the outside he's, going he's into the next, starter year? next year? Uh, on the outside, yeah. on the boundary. Yes. With this current team, right, this current roster, he's still the starter on the outside. I don't see how you couldn't put him on the outside. Uh, look, I I'm, I get you. I feel you. I, I want Gilmore back. If you can get him back another year, hey, he's playing really well. I mean, he's not playing like he's played at the best of his career, yeah. but his 90% is better than a lot of people's 100%. I totally I'd, I'd say bring back Gilmore. I want to see a year with him and Trayvon and then put Deron Bland in at the nickel. You're locking everything down. Yeah. By the way, somebody else, I, I think they're just trying to make a point here. They said, Kyle, what exactly is car- garbage time? You mean other teams are getting beat? I'm not saying that I'm, I'm not discounting Deron Bland having four pick sixes in the NFL. I mean, it's the NFL and that's how it is. He said, so, but giving up, sh- so it shouldn't count. A win is a win and an mm. INT is an INT. I agree. Mm. That's the point. He has four interceptions. He needs to be the defensive player of the year. That's right. Return for a touchdown. Four interceptions, return for a touchdown. But toilet paper is not a baby white. It's not. (laughs) It's not at all. (laughs) They have the same job, but they don't have the same effectiveness. They don't have the same effectiveness. That's That's not the case. But but it doesn't matter. Very nice. My point in saying garbage time was that it doesn't matter when the time happens. It's a pick six in the NFL, and he has four of them. The, The... argument I was saying was from somebody on the outside saying, oh, but he did it at late points in the game. No, that's dumb. It's a pick six against a good, I mean, against NFL players, the best players in the world. Starters. Starters, too. Yeah. Because even if it's garbage time, the other team ain't taking their starters out. In the games that Deron Bland's having pick sixes. So, really impressive what Deron's been doing. Micah Parsons had a great day. Uh, the defense did what they needed to do to get it done. Um, and it's it's one of those things where you don't want to get a false sense of confidence. I mean, we've talked about that already. These games are supposed to be wins. Thursday is supposed to be a win. Next Thursday arguably should be a win. But with that being said, have you been impressed enough with what you've seen these last two weeks, Isaiah, to say that they're trending in the right direction? They're trending in the right direction. Good. I'm not going to say that I'm impressed. This is the expectation. Um, you know, you have a really good roster. The front office has done a great job putting these guys in place. You have a really good coaching staff. Now it's just a matter of those two, all those three things kind of meshing together, right? Front office, coaches, players, all those things come together, and now all of a sudden they're starting to become cohesive. People forget that just because Coach McCarthy has been here as a head coach, he has not been calling plays. So they're still figuring things out offensively. Him and Schottenheimer is learning how to work together in terms of play calling duties, in terms of having game plans, in terms of making adjustments on the fly, you know, putting your players in position, what are your players comfortable with, what are they not comfortable with, what concepts work best, out of what sets, personnel groups, all this stuff is is, is free-flowing. They're still figuring this stuff out, even though the people on the outside are like, well, the coaching staff is pretty much the same. It's not. Okay, These things are, are – are, it's a fluid situation, and they're getting more confident. They're getting more comfortable. However, there's still things that they're figuring out. You saw them – Playing around with the Wildcat. Is this something that we can instill in our in our offense? Is that something that we can we can have these guys do? Oh, didn't work out. Okay, cool. All right, cool. This is the game that we try that stuff. A yeah. game that we know that we could probably win. Let's try out a couple things that are, you know, a little bit riskier that we're not going to be trying. We need to know that it works or not. Are our guys comfortable with it? Can these guys actually um carry this play out, you know, the way that we drew it up? So a lot of that stuff is still panning itself out. Um, but ultimately they are improving, they are getting better, and more importantly, Everybody's healthy. Yeah. That's the important. Like you're you're going through these games, you're learning a lot about yourself, you're getting these reps, you're getting film that you can go back and watch and coach and correct on, get graded on, and you're coming out healthy. And that is super important as you start getting closer and closer towards the end of the season. 
I was thinking about that yesterday whenever we were walking out of the stadium. I was like, I didn't hear from the press box guy many times last night whenever it's coming over, like saying so-and-so is questionable or whatever. I don't think he maybe said it for on either side. And it was the same thing last week, too. So, yeah, getting through this stretch and, and remaining healthy, that, that's, that's obviously a big deal. It's a huge deal. And Dallas is not without their own fair share of injuries. We talked about it. Trayvon Diggs out. I mean, imagine Trayvon Diggs and Durant Bland playing opposite of each other. Uh, uh, with Stephon Gilmore in there playing well, too. I agree one step further. Imagine Leighton Van Der Esch and Damone Clark doing their work and Marquise Bell being able to rotate in as well. Yeah. I mean, that's it's it, they're dealing with injuries, and they've been able to have young guys step up and do the right thing in, in their place. And that's a credit to the coaching staff. That's Absolutely. a credit to the players that have stepped up into that role, no doubt. But in the past, we've seen Cowboys teams not be able to fill voids of injured players. And that's not always going to be the case. If you're going to lose high-end guys, it's going to take some time to make an adjustment. But those adjustments, at least here in 2023 with the injuries that have been uh, given to you, it's it's been adjusted to. Yeah. It's been, there's been those adjustments to get the job done. The Cowboys keep winning games. Now, got to keep taking care of business the way that they've been taking care of business against the Commanders this week. Short week on hand. A lot of games. Between these two. Yeah, a lot of games in a, in a couple days. Uh, this is the 10... Ten days, two games stretch, or three games and eleven ga- days stretch. Three and twelve. 12 three three and twelve. That's what it is. But yeah, lot, lots here. This is the the stretch where it's going to be tough yep. to to get through. All right. When we come back, though, it's time for our smelly stickers segment. We got to get the helmet. Uh-oh. We got to make sure and get it going. I got to run upstairs again. I was I was too busy getting breakfast and talking to Isaiah beforehand. He didn't remind me. You see what kind of friend we've got here. He didn't remind me because he wanted to, to do the timer. Deflecting blame. Wow. wow. That's what it is. Yep. Sorry, guys. Yep. All right. Here we go. Uh, we will see you in a couple moments here on Talking Cowboys. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. Are you ready to take coffee off your grocery list forever? Black Rifle Coffee Club is here to help. As a coffee club member, you'll get your favorite coffees roasted, packaged, and shipped to your door free of charge on your preferred schedule. Set it, forget it, and never run low on coffee again. Members also get exclusive deals on coffee, products, and discounts from partner brands. Ease your mind and let Black Rifle worry about your coffee supply. Go to BlackRifleCoffee.com to join the coffee club today. It's the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. And right now, Cowboys fans can get 15% off their $75 order. Plus, because every deal needs a playmaker, your order will include a free five-piece skincare set and free shipping. The Jack Black Playmaker is four of Jack's favorites and a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Make a play for the playmaker at GetJackBlack.com slash Cowboys with the code CowboysVIP. That's GetJackBlack.com black.com slash cowboys with the code cowboys vip todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable and now todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour but the good news is todd has at&t 5g that is fast reliable and secure and he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew at&t 5g fast reliable secure it's not complicated 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Back to Talking Cowboys. Back here on Talking Cowboys, presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company. What are you laughing at? <laughs> he said like Zion in that interview a couple weeks ago. Did y'all see that? Yes, I did see that. That was bad. That was bad. It's time for our smelly stickers. But before that, this segment of the show is brought to you by Invisalign, the official smile of the Dallas Cowboys. Isaiah Stanback, Nick Harris. I'm Kyle Yeomans. All right. I'm going to go last because I guarantee you nobody has mine. Nobody has my smelly sticker, so I'll let uh, Isaiah. I, I don't know why you're taking so much time. Because I needed to you ready find to roll? I'm ready. Let's go. I'm Let's go. First. Here, here's your helmet. Player of the game. I know you guys are going to try to take it from Thank me. Oh. All right, I'm going with it. All right, you see this right here, Beamer? Hmm. Can't really zoom in on that. That's a that's a little pineapple. It's a tiny one. It's a little tiny pineapple. Okay, a little poof on the head. Okay, a little blue, little, <laughs> little, little Jerry curl up there. Okay, um, standing on four books. What's the significance of the four books there? Mm. That is the four interceptions that Mr. Duran Bland has now taken back to the crib. Okay. Yeah. DBZ have taken four. I know, Kyle. That's what I knew. That's why I there you go. Get in there nice. That's good. Like, get in there nice and down. There you go. Oh, he is zooming all the way. There in. you go, Beamer. Okay. So right there. That is Mr. Duran Bland. Okay. Got the little hair on top. Okay. He has, look at his eyes are nice, wide open, seeing the quarterback, seeing the receiver, and grabbing his fourth book, aka touchdown. Running that thing back. He is an absolute beast. He's an absolute dog. We just finished talking about him. Six on the season. Four touchdowns ran back. I'm claiming it right now. He'll have eight interceptions on the year and five return for touchdowns. The fifth one being against Jalen Hurts. Bang. Calling it. You see all your pores on that shot. They zoomed all the way in. right there. You know what I'm saying? That's that's Mm. that's that cocoa butter, baby. (laughs) Is that the secret? (laughs) (laughs) I'm putting this right on the front. Okay. So he can keep his eyes open and he can see the next play. Ooh. Like it, like it. Boom! All right, y'all. I'm about to. I'm, I'm about to test test how. Um, you make that one work. I'm about to test the rules of this show. Y'all ready? Let's <laughs> see what. It's like a pineapple that's just like jumping up and down for it's the people skates. that can't see it. It's yeah. Got skates. It's I'm gonna very, see. Oh, uh, let me see if I can make it work. I'll very happy pineapple. Oh, okay, I'm about to test the rules more. of this uh, this segment that we do every week. Okay. Because I, I need to do two. Oh my gosh. I need to do two stickers. Okay. So you got a strawberry here, uh-huh. and then you got a strawberry, and then a strawberry cut in half. So I'm gonna put it on. I'm gonna make it like one, okay? Okay. To make two and a half strawberries. Okay. For the two and a half sacks that Micah Parsons had. On, uh, two and a half strawberries. <laughs> test the rules. <laughs> I'm test the rules. It was bit. good. Thanks. I thought you were Thanks. gonna say something that was gonna get us fired or something like that. <laughs> oh no no no. Well, if that was gonna happen, it was gonna happen on Friday. I, I was about okay. to say after Friday we're gonna we need we're to be good. really tame around here. <laughs> I think we gotta we gotta tread lightly for the next couple of weeks. <laughs> All right. One more, Kyle, after you're done. You've got a you've got what? I have one more. You got one more? Yep. I'm exception to the rule too. Uh, All right. You're gonna save one from Matt. This is the one. Yeah, I know. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna just take all the stickers. Uh, this is the one Isaiah wanted to try and make work. It is a pineapple <laughs> with a purse. Immersed. Uh, yeah, immersed. Uh, 
with its eyes closed and it's skating and it looks very. Uh, oh man, this is gonna be good. Clip it. I don't know. It looks. It almost looks like she, whatever the pineapple is, is leaping. Is what it looks like. And I'm gonna give this to Luke Schoomaker because he leapt at the goal line <laughs> and made made the grab into double coverage and had a phenomenal. Touchdown grab right up the sideline. There have been some drops from the tight end this year. There have been some top, uh, some drops, and especially on a play like that that goes over the top, he went up and got it. I'm going to tell Luke. <laughs> and that is that is Luke Schoonmaker. I, I will give it to Luke, though. That was a, that was a heck of a catch, and that's a, a catch he has catch. not made this year. Correct. Um, and he has had an opportunity. He went up and got it. Uh, I don't know what it is with those, those tight end seams that Dak just dots every single time, but, yeah. God, they're amazing. He's confident in that throw. He is. He He's really confident is. in it. And Luke went up and got it. He just skating down he, there. He just leapt up there. Oh, man. Got it done. <laughs> How much credit of that do you think is given to Dak having Jason Witten and Dalton Schultz to start his career? I think a significant amount. Yeah. I, I think the, the safety blanket that <laughs> has been built in Dak's head. I don't know what's going on here. Beamer, bring it in. Is is due to because he's had some really good tight ends in the past. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This one right here. What is? This is the MVP of the week. Looks looks angry. This is the MVP of the week right here. It looks heated. Deron Bland had a heck of a game. Okay, had an interception, ran back for a touchdown. Micah Parsons had two and a half sacks. Okay, Tony Pollard scored a touchdown. I think I know where this is going. Mm-hmm. But you see this face right here. This face looks like something's hot. Hot, hot fire. Hot, hot hairs. Right here, right here. Right put it put it right, right in the there. middle. Thanks, like guys. Right, right there on the stripe. Hairs right yeah. there. Put it, no, put it on the stripe. Oh, you want put it, no, yeah, put it next right. to Kyle's on the back. Oh, no, right put it next to mine on the back. Actually, I'll take that. Uh, you got yeah, that's right. right there. Look at zoom. Look at that. That's a good spot. Look at it right there. Beam hot right fire. there. Hot fire hairs right there. Going I'll right through hot the teeth of the defense. Let's go. That's your first smelly sticker. Let's go, baby. Come on. It's well earned. What a game. It was well earned. Also, before we get out of here, I think we would be remiss if we didn't talk about the historic moment that happened pregame. Oh, there's uh, something that happened? Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Johnson headed into the Ring of Honor. How about that? Jerry Jones making that announcement before kickoff, and then they had the press conference that ran into kickoff yeah. for a little bit. But uh, Jimmy Johnson going into the Ring of Honor, and I think a lot of Cowboys fans out there never thought this day would come, but it is here, and it's really cool to see. Yeah, can we talk about Do we have some time to talk yeah, about it? Yeah, we got time. Yeah. yeah, so before the game, this is about, gosh, an hour before kickoff. Um, and we had known that Jerry and Jimmy were in the building together. I was down on the field just kind of watching Jerry and Jimmy have a conversation. Did your antennas go up when you saw Mr. Johnson in the building? Uh, yeah, I mean, not necessarily that like it was happening. today, yeah. but I was like, I, I was thinking in the back of my head, like as they showed up together, uh, Jeff Cole from Fox Ford posted them a video of him walking in with Jimmy into the stadium. And I was like, uh, okay, this is going to happen eventually. Like, I, they've had too many conversations recently, public appearances together, the Chargers game being the biggest one. Um, and they walk out on the field, and they're greeting people, and blah, blah, blah. Waving to the crowd. And they're talking to a lot of people from the Panthers' ownership. And I'm like, it's just kind of odd, and I don't know. You know, I'm me not thinking anything of it. Like, maybe it's just, you know, owners talking, and Jimmy happened to be there. But Jimmy's, like, involved in these conversations, like, super. And it looks like they're having, like, intense conversation. It's not, like, fiery. It just looks like they're trying to work things out. And I'm like, what is, okay, whatever. Again, not paying it much mind. There was a lot of stuff going on pregame. Um, and then um, – I get a text like, hey, uh, there's going to be a press conference at 1240, and it's 20 minutes before kickoff. And I was like, oh, 
<laughs> it's happening it today. It's wow, that's that's kind of crazy. Uh, but yeah, they they had talked to the Panthers' ownership, and uh, the reason that they did it yesterday is because it was the last Fox game that the Cowboys have, um, where they were able to make it happen. And Jimmy's a Fox guy, and then they're doing it on December thirtieth um, when the Lions come into town it's because a Fox it's, game. it's an ESPN game, oh. and Troy Aikman's <clears throat> going to be there, so that they wanted Got Troy to be it. there. Yeah, that's so, cool. Yeah, so because uh, that's the Monday night game. It's a Saturday night. Saturday game. night game. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, but that that was the that was, was kind of chaotic and did happen completely out of the blue. I did not have that on my bingo card when I woke no. up yesterday morning. Uh, but uh, yeah, it looks like. Uh, it, it, I think the only people upset with it are the the, the people press outside conference. of the building. I mean, yeah, the people in the press conference. Yeah, probably <laughs> because we we didn't get up until I, I think I got up with ten minutes left in the first quarter when I sat down in my seat and yeah, it was some it was a, it was a little bit of anger amongst the media. But it is well, we closed down. Got to roll with punches. <laughs> yeah, we we stopped our show. Like yeah, we were told ten or eleven forty is when they were going to start. So we we shut it down at eleven thirty. 38 i think and then right after we shut it down they went on fox at 11:40 they didn't yeah. do a press conference at 11:40 and they went on fox and we it was a really cool moment i mean we were huddled around a smaller monitor in our control room and Nate Newton was there of course Nate was coached by Jimmy and Jimmy's had a big impact on yeah. on Nate throughout the years and so getting to, to hang out with Nate during that moment was really cool and, and got to see the reaction of all the Cowboys fans that work in our control room and, and get to, got to share that moment together. It was cool. Yeah, if you guys have an opportunity to go back and watch you know, Cowboys OT and hear what Nate had to say about mm-hmm. his experience with Jimmy and what he meant to him, it was pretty yeah. pretty dope. Um, I don't have a lot. Obviously, I wasn't around during that time. I think it's pretty dope that they hearing some of the backstories that they both had in terms of how they started, how much trust they both had in each other, the, mm-hmm. the risk that they both took, you know, with, with each other. I, th- I think that's amazing to hear those stories and those origin stories and see where they're at now, see the success they were able to have together. You know, people go through relationships, always go through pitfalls and hurdles and, and hoops and everything else. And to see them come back together and, you know, them both still be around to have this moment together, you know, let's, let's be realistic. You know, they're both uh, up there in age. So having that opportunity to do that together, I think is huge. Um, kind of buried a hatchet on, in, in some sort. But I, I just think it's dope. I think this thing is an amazing story. I learned a lot in yeah. just a little bit of time that, that Mr. Jones was talking in terms of how they got going, how they met in college. I had no idea. I had yeah. no idea that he you know, was a personal guarantor on, on his check. I had no yeah. idea that Jimmy just said, hey, as long as you don't pay me less than what I've been making, like, you know, just we'll work it out. Like that those oh, that stuff is all dope. It just lets you know that everybody was on board and and what it really took to get this organization going in the right direction. I just think it's absolutely amazing. But Beamer, Beamer, did you what, what did you ever think that you were gonna see it? Uh did I did I think I was ever gonna see the day? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Probably because, um, I mean, I just the way Jerry has been over the years, like loosening it up a little bit, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And and um, I heard we heard it a couple of weeks ago. Actually, we kind of knew it a couple of weeks ago because mm. they sat down and talked. So. Yeah, that's but, awesome. But um, yeah, but you know, it's funny because like like you're saying about Jimmy and Jerry when they went to school together, that you know they were they were they were roommates. Mm-hmm. Because Johnson and Jones are right next to each other in alphabetical order, so that's why they were roommates in college. That is fascinating for, for the football team. So that, that's 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 how they basically got together. So awesome, and kind of like how what you were saying, like relationships go like yep. this all the time, yep. and a lot of times some of them, especially the the 
highly valued friendships and highly valued relationships, they they take the biggest pitfall. Yeah. And this was a high value yeah. relationship. I mean, the two of the top guys in their business that were friends in college that worked up through the the ranks together, and then whenever they had the falling out, they had a, about as deep of a falling out as they did the growth together. Right. And so to see them be able to repair that yep. in a timely manner, to, to be able to get this to happen, uh, it, it really is a, a cool moment. It was cool yesterday getting to hear that. And we were on the pregame show when we were getting the information and we were kind of feeding it through. It was a bit of a, a scramble, but it was worth it. It was really a, a fun day. So Cowboys Nation, I know, is very happy to see Jimmy Johnson. He's he's uber deserving and that's no doubt about it and so the fact that he's heading into the the ring of honor that's going to be a really really cool special day on december 30th and we're going to we're going to make sure nate newton's in the building for that one too we're make sure he's there for that one so all right that does it for us here today on talking cowboys we'll be back tomorrow it's a talking tuesday we're also going to preview the matchup with the commanders because it is a short week can't dwell on this win for very long Got to look ahead to the Washington Commanders. Yeah, just three shows this week. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and on Thursday or Friday. So plan accordingly. Mm -hmm. Plan accordingly. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then enjoy your your Thanksgiving holidays Mm. on Thursday and Friday with some Cowboys football. And then we'll be back Monday as well. For Chris Beam, Isaiah Stanback, for Nick Harris, I'm Kyle Yeoman saying so long from the star in Frisco. We'll see you tomorrow on Talking Cowboys. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!